Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 76, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined by Colin Fitzgerald, and as always, our executive producer, David Herman, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. Fitzy, great to have you back, man. Sounds like training camp went really well. Yeah, boys, it feels like it's been a while. I was thinking, finally get to see the boys. Feels like it's been quite some time. Got the contract today, so I'm on, I'm on the squad for, for sure now. It's been a grind the last week. You know, it's it's what I signed up for and uh, wouldn't want it any other way. So about to get the season rolling this weekend. Really excited. You've always been kind of an offensive minded defenseman. Have you had to change your game at all transitioning to the SP or pretty much the same thing just at a faster pace? That was one of the biggest things of why I really wanted to come to Birmingham is because the coach is like super big on D joining the play. He always talks about like trying to play like the Colorado Avalanche. So kind of kept it like that. I've, I've learned like so much in the few days here from these coaches. Probably learned honestly more from them in a week than I have from any other coach my whole entire life they've taught me a lot about like different defensive things just different like positioning things and when you know looking at different if there's this play's going on over here like what where I should be over here all, all different kinds of positioning stuff when I got down here the first day the hardest skate of my life and I was like I don't think I'm cut out, cut out for this these, these guys are flying so the pace was a little bit more but I I got up up to speed pretty quick and I, I guess they like me so they're keeping me around for a little you mentioned it before we hit record here but going back home for the the opener yeah we'll be headed to danville illinois it's about two hours from uh where i'm from so the family will be there a lot of friends are coming too so that was a big motivation you know aside from me just wanting to continue to play hockey but having all these people wanting to come to to that game you know i I better make the team and not let them down (laughs) i feel like we need to take a detour because i don't know if fitz listened to the last episode of the podcast fitz are you familiar with Olivia Nazarene University? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, none of us were. And I'm just thinking about it because you're mentioning Illinois. And if anything, you would definitely know it. We had a whole tangent about it the last episode. Just completely derailed the 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 whole segment i played baseball there i actually had a tournament there i'm pretty sure it's pronounced olivet nazarene we got the pronunciation wrong too jesus (laughs) between that and collins trying to figure out why they call it oceanside arena i we were we were off the rails last week it was a good thing we didn't have a guest on because i think that would have been too much for people to handle last week but fitzy we're, we're glad to have you back and uh super excited for you to get the season started i feel like We've been asking you for like three months now. Like, what have you been up to? What have you been up to? And you're just like still still waiting to get on the ice. And now finally, here you are. That that was like the biggest thing is like I'm going through this hell of a training camp and I'm like, you know, like, hey man, like this is what I've been waiting for for all these, you know, weeks and months. So when you're in the middle of it, you're like, oh my God. But then you think back, like, well, I was bored, you know, just a few weeks ago, sitting back home, twiddling my thumbs out in the sun. It's it's been fun. Well, you will make your SPHL debut this weekend, and Herm made his pro hockey debut this week. I guess he's still making his debut because the game has not come to a conclusion yet. Um, Herm legitimately tweeted the lights out of the building on Monday night in Utica. A bunch of the boys and I made the trip over. Utica is a blast. I mean, that place gets rocking for AHL hockey. I've been to a couple crunch games before. They're a very passionate fan base. I could not believe the atmosphere in Utica. Herm, I guess I'll just let you take it away because it's it's your story to tell, but uh, walk us through opening night in Utica. First off, shout out to the entire front office for the team effort 
in making sure that opening night was the experience that Murph had. Uh, we worked very, very, very hard to make sure that that place was packed and we exceeded our goal. When I got there and I felt the buzz and I felt the chills, it was it was otherworldly to to describe it. I, I guess I guess I'll run it through the whole night. So first off, I was ecstatic to see the guys. They met up with me as we were just finishing up warm ups. I was so locked into the end of warm ups that I didn't see five Syracuse hockey guys completely walking down behind me uh and banging on the glass to to let me know that they were there and you can see it on on the hockey house twitter and on murph's twitter there's like the biggest smile on my face it's 100 percent genuine i was so ecstatic to see the guys i saw them a couple of more times throughout the night as they saw me sprinting through the concourse and getting up to the top of section 201 to take photos and videos out the main event of the night was not anything that happened as on ice action per se it was kind of above ice action is is the best way to describe it murph late in the second period after penalties were being decided by the referee the lights went out in utica entirely the building had an electrical failure localized specifically to the arena our three sheet ice facility that we're building next door did not encounter anything all of the lights went off every single little bit of power and within five seconds everyone had their phone lights out it went from normal stadium lights to pitch black to if there are any wrestling fans listening right now basically the equivalent of bray wyatt's entrance it was surreal everyone started chanting utica was amazed that it was so orderly and no one panicked everyone was just kind of like this is insane there may or may not be shirts coming soon. We'll see. I'm sure there'll be a skit involving the mascot that Murph hates. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out. No, I'm actually all in on Naughty. I hated him because I just think he the former iteration of Audie uh, was just like a cute little mascot. The people in Utica go nuts for this naughty guy. I mean, he's dancing on top of the glass. He's throwing popcorn at people. He was parading around during the blackout, getting the crowd going, and it was awesome. Um, so I'm all behind that. That's what the mascot needs to do. Couple of things. Vinny and I bought 50-50 raffle tickets. We're confused what happens with those. I will I've... take a look <laughs> on our VP of Creative Services uh, computer and tell you what the winning ticket number is. Uh, oh, that's just when... going to rip my heart out. I think they, they, they should just hold the tickets for the next game when we all come back in January. They redo the 50-50. But that was our primary concern. The other thing, and Herm, I'm not sure if you have the answer to this, but it gets really interesting. Like, guys scored in the game. There's goalies who are in the game. What happens if some of these guys get called up or sent down, and then this game gets replayed with completely different rosters in January? You can pick up where you left off with completely different players. It could happen that by freak circumstance, Ty Smith winds up back in the Devils organization having scored in the game for the Penguins. I believe, I don't know what the specific rule is, my thought is that maybe he could score a goal as a Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguin, and then if he comes into the lineup for the Comets, he technically could play? I don't know what the ruling is. We'll figure that, it out. That would, that would be insane if somebody scored for both teams in the same game. 
not as an own goal. Right, right. Like that's, I'm as an agent of chaos, that is what I'm rooting for. Or like a guy to get into a fight on both teams, like something like that. Anybody playing in the game, but playing for the different, the other side, I think would be great. All in all, it was a fun night in Utica. We got home about a half hour earlier than we expected to. And we probably had made more memories than if the power had just stayed on. So we had a, a grand old time. I had a great weekend. We went down to Delaware. I played my final college hockey game at Fred Rust Arena, which is a great place to play. Uh, they did breast cancer night on Friday, and then they had their alumni celebration on Saturday. We kind of spoiled the party. It was a 2-2 game heading into the third. They brought out all the alumni on the ice. They did an on-ice presentation that took about 25 minutes. Then they did the Zamboni, and then we scored about four minutes into the third period, and we hung on for dear life, played a really good hockey game, and, and got out of there with a split. The way it works in our conference this year is if you play every team in the conference twice, but if you play a team four times, the Saturday games count as the conference games and the Friday night games don't. So we actually got conference points this weekend, which is really interesting. Another thing from the weekend, which I highly recommend to anybody doing it because probably other than Herm, I spend more time on my phone than anybody else I know. Herm and I decided that we were going to put the hockey house to bed for the weekend and, and get some well-deserved relax of relaxation. And I loved it. I deleted all social media off my phone. I did not plan on forgetting my AirPods at home for the bus trip. So I was wide awake the entire bus ride. We hit traffic, so it was about five hours to Delaware. Uh, I brought a book, so I read a lot on the bus, just hung out with the boys. It was a great experience. I would definitely, if you're thinking about doing it, I would do it over a road trip. You get to spend quality time with the guys in the hotel away from your phone. I think a couple of my teammates saw me doing it, and they're going to do it next weekend. It got to the point where I came back on Sunday and it was just didn't download it. I waited until Monday until I was like, all right, we, we should probably get some posts up on the hockey house here, but phenomenal experience. Really nice to unplug and we got the W out of the weekend so that was that was a it was a solid weekend one that I'm sure gonna remember because I've been to Delaware three times since I've been playing in the ACHA and haven't gotten a win in that building so it was nice to bring one home in the final game there on to some ACHA news and some CHF news uh we had NCAA versus ACHA hockey this weekend and I little off on our predictions I think I said two or three wins I think a couple of us said three I don't know if anyone had four Herm yeah Herm had four all right, well, that's all right. Uh, we had a lot of close hockey games, though. Uh, it definitely could have gone the other way. UNLV had the doors blown off of them on Friday night. 8 nothing win for Alaska Anchorage. Almost as impressive, though, as the next night, the boys bounced back, jumped out to a one nothing lead on Saturday, eventually fell 2-1. to one. Spoke with good friend of the show, Nick Flanders, earlier today to kind of walk us through the road trip because when they lost 8 nothing, I immediately thought, like, oh, my gosh, that must have been miserable traveling out there. To respond with the 2-1, to one, they almost did the reverse of what we thought they were going to do. We thought that they were going to shock them on night one, and then maybe Anchorage would catch up on Saturday. But he said, honestly, we went into the game on Friday trying not to get blown out like we did against Denver and I think we walked into that game giving them way too much respect if you look at a lot of the goals scored on Friday we were just getting outworked on Saturday we just said screw it these guys are not going to outwork us today and we really took it to them it was a tough loss to take because I honestly thought the boys played phenomenal and we came close but sometimes that's just how it goes on the other hand Alaska is a tough spot seven hour flight there for it to be gray all day and the sun doesn't rise till 9 a.m. Herm would have to use some of his pro money to pay me to live in Alaska or visit again. I'm sure it's beautiful in the summer, but in the middle of October, it is not 
the move. Herm was quick to respond that he's not exactly making the big dollars like people may think it over in Utica, but maybe they're just not listening to the pod because I think I think we've addressed that quite quite often now, right, Herm? Significantly smaller dollars than than people realize working in pro sports. I, I followed it up by asking Flandy if the ACHA should consider expansion to Alaska since he had such a great time on the trip. He responded with a hard no. I would rather play in North Korea. There you have it on on the trek to Alaska. He did mention that some of the Anchorage guys were chirping them for being ACHA. He said, like, buddy, have you taken a look around? You guys live in Alaska, and you barely sell out a rink located in a sportsplex. So I don't know if that's an anti-recruiting pitch for Alaska Anchorage or a recruiting pitch for more guys to come to UNLV. Pretty packed crowd for Anchorage. Like I mentioned, they're playing on an on-campus rink. They used to play. Uh, I believe where the Alaska Aces of the ECHL played, but I think rent got too expensive there. So they moved to a much smaller on-campus rink, which pretty similar size to what UNLV plays at, at home. On Saturday, though, the lone dub of the ACHA NCAA matchups came from Stony Brook. They hung on to beat Manhattanville 4-3 to in a shootout. Uh, Seawolves jumped out to a lead there. Uh, game went to overtime, lots of back and forth action, but it was Matt Minerva and Brandon Avezov scoring in the shootout. Matt Kazakov slammed the door, not allowing any Manhattanville guys to score on the breakaway attempts. Um, Stony Brook killed a bunch of five on threes. Not, I didn't get to watch the full game. I just kind of skimmed through the highlights on the bus ride back from Delaware, but it sounds like it was a pretty crazy game. Lots of penalties called, lots of power play, power plays, penalty kills, you name it. Uh, but huge win for Stony Brook. They remain undefeated on the season, and and they got the lone win. And then Saturday night, we also had Niagara, and they tied Brockport 5-5. to That is what it's listed online. Little confusion around the score, though. Predetermined before the game that they were going to play an overtime period. So at the end of regulation, Brockport led 5-4. to They went and played overtime. Niagara scored in the overtime to tie the game at 5, and that's how it ended. Brockport themselves even put it in as a 5-5 tie on their website, so hats off to them for... You know, keeping it real, but a valiant effort from Niagara. I mean, Brockport checking the rankings was ranked 29 of 75 plus NCAA Division Three teams. So that is a solid game for the Purple Eagles. They then on Monday traveled to Buffalo State where they lost two to nothing. Talking with Coach Tom Radian, it sounds like the Buffalo State goalie really stood on his head and had a heck of a performance in net. Talk of goalie of the year candidate the last couple of years, uh, I think is what he was saying. But all in all, I think it was a really good weekend. A lot of respectable scores. Once again, kind of proving the ACHA is a really great place to play college hockey. I think that two to one win for UNLV is the one that stick the two one loss uh, that UNLV had in Alaska really sticks out to me. I mean, Anchorage beat Western Michigan last weekend and then took UNLV to a, a one goal game. So that's one that stands out to me. Herm, were there any takeaways of the games we saw this weekend that stood out to you? Just that UNLV is absolutely on the right path as a program, can hang with big dogs, and it's great to see it. Fitz, as a guy, you know, you're in the locker room, and I'm sure there's less ACHA guys around you than there were in the Fed, but seeing these matchups, what were your some takeaways that you had? Actually, in the locker room here, guys are talking about, you know, uh, they were talking about UNL, UNLV, like they were talking about these games uh, in the locker room. Like this was discussion going on from guys that have played, you know, OHL, they've played pro overseas, some of them, you know, Division One, NCAA. So really cool. Finally, like, you know, these teams are getting recognition for being legit. But yeah, like we were literally just talking about UNLV um, just the other day. So it's pretty sick. 
Yeah, and I think a lot. Of, there's a lot of people out there that probably get sick of us talking about UNLV every single week. Uh, but I mean, you can see why we're talking about them every single week. Like they're they're doing it. They are right now. They're kind of the blueprint for teams looking to grow their hockey programs. And I know there's always going to be the Liberties and the Adrians of, of the world, but what UNLV is doing is pretty special. And I think a lot of people have their eyes on Vegas right now because uh, they look like a prime suspect to be heading Division One pretty soon here. We did have one more game, maybe not uh, one we were hoping, uh, maybe not a box score we were hoping to see, uh, but on Tuesday night, Mercyhurst, ACHA, they played Fredonia, who's NCAA Division Three. Very lopsided game. I think Mercyhurst is having a tough year uh, at the ACHA 1 level. I'm sure Fredonia appreciated the exhibition game against them, but uh, it was a bloodbath and, and the score wasn't close. So not, not every game against the NCAA opponents is a close one like the ones we got to see this weekend. Did want to point out that Mercyhurst was also playing up a level against some NCAA competition. Uh, More UNLV talk because we're going to talk rankings now. Still waiting on some rankings from the other leagues to come out, so we're going to keep focusing on the coaches poll at the ACHA 1 level. UNLV and Minot this week are tied for the number one spot. UNLV received 18 first place votes. Minot received 12. Why is this considered a tie? I, I asked. Herm responds because of points, Murph. So I go back to the drawing board. They're both tied for 703 points. Now, if you're keeping track at home, the team with the most overall points gets to be ranked number one. So Stony Brook every week gets like one or two votes for first place. Basically, Minot could lose every game for the rest of the season and they would finish with 703 points, which would probably keep them in the top 25 if I had to guess. Grand Valley State is at 25 this week. They have 51 points just for perspective. People seem upset that there's not just one number one team. UNLV received more votes. I can see the consideration for Minot. They're 6-0, and and um, they've been rolling. But we're going to have two teams tied for first place, and they don't get to play each other, which is disappointing. Uh, they're not on the schedules, but I'm sure that tie will work itself out. We had a funny Facebook comment that I wanted to share. Uh, what is this tie thing? Bring UNLV to the ice house, and let's settle it. This is what happens when everybody wins a participation trophy. Will there be three in first place next week? Let the Beavers run a training camp on UNLV like they did with Midland. How do you like the Beavers now? I just love that. I think that's got to be a diehard season ticket holder for Minot State and he just wants he just wants more hockey and he wants there to be one number one team I I actually I agree with him let's have three teams in first place next week and just just mix it up that is the most Facebook Facebook comment I think I've seen in a long long time it's unfortunate it's got no likes either I kind of I wish somebody had, had chimed in or you know given the guy some love because he's got a good point and and he probably has no idea that we're talking about this on the hockey house pod right now which is a real shame we got two new teams in the top 25 coming in at number 22 we got Calvin University and number 25 Grand Valley State dropping out of the top 25 are the University of Rhode Island and the University of Illinois which begs the question how is Illinois still receiving votes at this point in the bottom of the rankings you can see that URI Illinois still receiving votes which I assume is because they have enough points from previous rankings to be receiving votes Herm you you gotta chime in you look like you, you got something to say I have watched a lot of Ohio Illinois games over the years. This was the most lopsided one by far. I don't think I've ever seen Illinois put up sub 10 shots in a game in my time watching Ohio. It was the first regulation sweep for the Bobcats over Illinois since 2010-2011, which tells you how big of a win this is for the Bobcats because of how fierce this rivalry is. For this to happen, 
And for this collapse going on in Champagne right now, unprecedented. With Fabrini leaving, with seemingly the top six leaving, we don't know the full story, but it's nuts whatever's going on there right now. 0-6 to start the year, uh, still receiving votes in the rankings, which I don't know. We, we talk about these rankings all the time. They ju- they're just silly at sometimes because I think a lot of t- programs with reputations get votes and we're kind of seeing that firsthand. I think there's a lot of great teams uh, that deserve to at least receive votes because once the rankings come out, it's almost impossible for some teams to crack the tw- top 25. So that's why I feel like this time of year, get those teams in that maybe don't get the recognition. Uh, Villanova's receiving votes. Oswego State receiving votes. IUP receiving votes. Colorado is receiving votes. They got swept by Oregon this weekend, which is crazy to me. Like, why wouldn't you just give some votes to Oregon? They swept the team that's getting votes. I don't know if people who are voting aren't watching all the games. Like, I I need some answers here. Wanted to give a shout out to the Oregon guys. They get the stick taps this week. First win in ACHA Men's Division One program history. They sweeped the previously undefeated Colorado. Uh, I spoke with Charlie Mayer earlier today to get the recap from the weekend uh, of the sweep of the buffs. He said the boys were definitely hungry for some numbers in the win column this weekend, and we knew we could get it done in Boulder. After pulling out a big shootout win in game one, we went to work Saturday and had a dominant game win four to one. Shout out to our goalies, Server and Peterson, for being studs and everyone in our lineup, top to bottom, putting in work. Uh, he went on to say, first wins as an ACHA D1 team, first win for our new coach was special for everyone in the organization. We're building something special out West and gaining so much traction at school. It's something that's really special to be a part of. We talked about it last week, how difficult it was. They had three practices and then had to play a top to rank ASU team. I asked him about how that was to start the season. He said it was something we all recognized pretty quickly. We wouldn't have a lot of time to get accustomed to a new coach, new players, new systems before playing a very good ASU team, but the mindset going in was to just play hockey and honestly have fun. We knew we were going to have a packed house and everyone was excited to just play. Obviously, the outcome was not what we wanted. There were positives taken away from that, and I think the positives were taken away this weekend when they swept a Colorado team that had not lost a game all season. Um, So shout out to the Ducks for killing it. Uh, We're certainly going to keep an eye on them. They got a a little break in their schedule now before they get things going soon. Um, I actually saw on the schedule today, speaking of Minot State, they have a three-game road trip to Minot State coming up in November, so we'll have to watch out for that one as they they go up against some of the best in the ACHA. Pretty light on the news this week. I think that's just, it's been a busy week all around for everyone here in in the Hockey House office, but wild hit in the Tampa FAU game. Dude went flying. Herm, you got this clip. You saw it before I did. Takeaways from this massive hit insane game between Tampa and FAU with Tampa winning in overtime but good god in the same way that Wheaton got the W sending the kid over the boards even though they got absolutely murdered on the scoreboard this was a a W for FAU in itself one of the craziest hits dude got ragdolled there's a good chance if I can go back and clip the source from live barn directly that we'll wind up posting it as a as a collab with FAU but absolutely insane hit we we definitely do have to go back and get that clip from live varn and as always love when when people send us stuff uh we we truly do appreciate it things we do appreciate though at least i'm a big fan of uh alabama's d2 teams new alternate jerseys kind of like the gradient that tampa bay had where it was like the black to kind of a silver gradient bama's got the crimson and it fades up into black i really like this i think 
it's something unique that, like I mentioned, Tampa Bay doing it, but haven't really seen any of the ACHA teams or CHF teams take advantage of it. Lawrence Tech pulls off the gradient. Trine also has a gradient, but this is a pretty clean look for Bama, especially when you got the iconic script A. It looks really clean. I can't wait to see it on the ice in, in action. Maybe with the white helmets, that look might look a little weird. Maybe they got some black helmets up their sleeves. Uh, who knows? But pretty sweet jerseys bama both of their teams bringing the heat this year with the jerseys i like this next one but our guest burke rule a good friend of mine is going to come on and i'm I'm just seeing the notes now but we got a dm is kentucky actually good or are they just really good at social media promotion that is a a good point and i guess we'll kind of segue into our interview now We'll, we'll get to the call your shots afterwards but longtime friend of the program a childhood friend growing up rivals on the ice uh grew up playing against him at back bay youth hockey up in northern new hampshire and, and he played at kingswood i played at kennet high school we were rivals uh, all the way through and uh, he ended up going to the university of kentucky he's been there for a couple of years now and uh, we needed a last minute guest on the pod for this week and he was able to answer the bell as always this interview is brought to you by optimex sports optimex sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own websites the best part is your first year is free be sure to check them out using the link in our bio if you're interested in signing up be sure to use our referral link at optimxsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod or just send him a dm if, if you're interested and you want to learn more uh send him a dm at optum x sports on instagram and on twitter they'll be happy to answer your questions be sure to mention that the hockey house sent you lots of additions this week long beach state university lewis university southern illinois university edwardsville and chapman university all hopping on the optum x train here and we're hopping on this interview coming up next with burke rule from the university of kentucky Please be joined by longtime friend personally and friend of the Hockey House Pod, all the way from the University of Kentucky, Burke Rule. Burke, welcome to the Hockey House Pod. Yeah, how are we doing? It's good to see you again. Yeah, go we go way back. I was thinking about it today. Like, what are we? What am I going to ask you about? And I, I think it's crazy that you play at the Lexington Ice Center now because I think a lot of people hate playing there, and maybe some people might call it a dump. And I think growing up as a kid, maybe that was my experience playing at Pop Whalen um, back in <laughs> Wolfboro, freezing cold concrete ice. It's crazy that I, we were just talking. Like we've been doing this for so long. I think the first day we did this, I remember sending you like a message, being like, "Hey, I just started this thing. I know you play in the ACHA. Like, feel free to share it with your teammates. Let's get this thing going." And you've been a huge supporter. So, last minute call up today to get you on, but we're psyched <laughs> to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you guys are taking off. It's actually incredible to see. I, I love telling my friends that uh, we go way back and uh, seeing the progress you've made. We just love seeing it keep going. For those those of you listening who are not from the North Country, Burke and I played uh, youth hockey growing up. The two closest teams, like everyone else, everywhere else we went in youth hockey, it was like almost a two-hour drive. But Wolfboro to Conway was 45 minutes to an hour, depending on where you were. Uh, so we played against each other all the way growing up. And then our high school teams actually didn't play each other until we got got to high school we were in different divisions but we made a kind of a rivalry game and i think those were like the most fun games that we had i remember that first first time we played you guys at the pop that place was packed you guys beat us like two nothing maybe with an empty net or maybe it was three nothing and i was like oh my gosh like it, it i'm like i was on the losing side of it to start and i was like i'm so glad we got to play you guys that that one win was nice to have but then i mean year after year you guys gave us the work <laughs> <laughs> we, we we had the numbers coming up through the system to definitely help us out but we've kind of touched on, on the youth hockey but you you played in Wolfboro growing up played high school hockey after high school uh you went the junior hockey route kind of talk about your experience with the New England Wolves and how that ultimately led you to University of Kentucky 
Yeah. So, um, you know, I originally had plans just to go right to college. You know, that was a, a must for my mom was you at least have to apply everywhere. She wasn't huge on the whole juniors thing. Andrew Trimble, we both know, you know, great coach for the Wolves, you know, general manager, owner, amazing guy. You know, he had a great thing going over there in the Wolves. And uh, he really sparked my interest, you know, to keep playing. And I, you know, thought the what if. So I deferred from UNH and then I went and had an absolutely unbelievable time. Um, you know, we had a great year that year. And, you know, I remember seeing a text on my phone after one day in a series and it was from one of the coaches down here at UK. And he asked me if I wanted to come give it a shot. You know, I'd grown up in New England my whole life, been in New Hampshire playing hockey. So I thought, you know, why not try a new experience? Circle back to UNH where I thought I was going to keep going, didn't think much of UK. And they took away all my scholarship after deferment. So I didn't really have any money to go there. And, you know, UNH is a pretty pricey school for in-state. So I uh, sent it out of there and uh, my parents had never seen UK either, but they took the gamble with me and I've never looked back, you know. I went from an unreal experience in uh, juniors to win it all to absolutely life-changing experiences in Kentucky. I remember because you and, and Colby Couture, longtime buddy of mine from home, were in the same freshman class. I remember his parents talking about it, just like the culture shock going down there, growing up from the Northeast. What was it like when you first went down there? Like, what were some things that they showed you on your recruiting visit that kind of stuck out to you? Yeah, I mean, everyone everyone down here is just so personable and welcoming. It's it's pretty incredible. You know, up, up north, people a little more reserved. You know, you kind of have your cliques. And, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I've had a great group of friends growing up. But down here, you know, everyone will talk to you. When I came down here for my visits, I went to a sorority formal. I got to go to the horse races. There's no horse races up north or anything like that. And sororities and fraternities aren't that big either up north. So it, seeing all those aspects of school and the Southern life in the SEC was pretty amazing. I'm assuming before you even hop on a flight or drive down there, like you've seen the YouTube clips of of the midnight games like what was your first reaction i'm assuming you got the text from coach and then you kind of looked up university of kentucky hockey what was that first reaction when you saw the crowds that they were getting yeah i mean it, it literally was it was like no other i mean you see a couple of d3 schools you know up north by us you got plim state and you know they they can draw a big crowd and and outside of that you know it's mostly just division one schools like unh and bu they go to those massive crowds and to see a state that just you know is not that big into hockey you know, out of the Lexington Ice Center, the next rink is in Louisville, right? Like that's that's far. The the fact that, you know, our arena, our games are played at midnight and there's people lined up at the door two and a half hours early just waiting for to go in. Like seeing that, it, it was an opportunity that had to be taken. I mean, representing your school in a big way like that is awesome. So once you got on the ice and you got to wear uh, the blue and white, what was your welcome to the ACHA moment? What was the moment that kind of stood out to you? It was kind of your welcome to the show moment. <laughs> oh, I will never absolutely forget this. So, so yeah, you know, like you said, you see on YouTube all the games and how packed it is. You can see the fans really getting into it, the players. They tell you about it, you know, day in and day out. Like, it's going to get chippy. It's going to get crazy, especially when you play Louisville. You know, that's that's our big school. And I remember lining up on the first draw of Louisville uh, in the home opener, right off puck drop, I just got the fattest headbutt straight to my bubble. Just knocks me back. And this kid just took me right down. I was like, I was looking around at the ref. I was like, you, did I seriously just get headbutt? We're not getting a penalty. And uh, then I realized it was uh, welcome to the jungle at that point. You just had to survive and play on. 
That's unreal. Yeah, I mean, watching the highlights from Louisville versus UK, it is nuts, especially like up here, like just watching the the crowds that both schools get. We were rivals in high school growing up, but like how big is that rivalry? Not just in hockey, but in in every sport down there. It it seems like people are either wearing red or blue at that part of the state. It's crazy. It's like civil war over here between those two schools. I mean, down here, you can't walk into like a Walmart or a Target with just one of those schools just repping the entire place. And the fans are like that too. I mean, I I was in Nashville all summer and someone overheard me saying I went to UK and they were from Louisville and they were absolutely giving me an earful. And I was like in the mall in the middle of Nashville. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, it's insane. The diehard culture down here for those two schools is it's it's pretty scary sometimes. You know, we we went down to uh, Louisville one time for for a game. And we were walking off the ice and there's people, you know, spitting at us, throwing stuff, just screaming in our ear. Oh, they absolutely hate us. That's nothing that your fans don't give the opposing teams at, at, in Lexington, right? Oh, no. I I said it day in and day out since I've been here. I would absolutely hate to play at the LIC at midnight. You know, I would hate to play us. It's just the fans, it, it, they are just in their own game that entire time. It's insane. What are some of the craziest things that you've heard come out of the crowd uh, at the LIC? Oof. <laughs> what, what's like the parameters here <laughs> you, you uh, can keep it pg you can keep it pg that way the kids at, at back bay youth hockey can tune in later <laughs> okay um geez I mean, we're, we're talking about your college kids college kids at midnight here um <laughs> just, you, you'd have to you have to experience I, it for yourself i, I, I gotta got go to, i got i got a good one right. um you know just after the the lineup so when the away team is getting their call, starting lineup called every player and even the coach you know the whole entire crowd is screaming you suck like it'll be like you know number 22 burke rule sucks and that's you know that's uh great to hear the crowd getting into it and that's their other team's first welcome when they get here i guess it's the most pg i could be there we go we've mentioned it a couple times now but the midnight puck drop talk about your first experience with that i mean you you've played in a couple tournaments in marlboro where you get a a 10 30 puck drop or maybe even 11 o'clock puck drop but what's it like preparing for a midnight game and how have you kind of changed that over the years to you know kind of perfect the game day routine to be completely honest like you you Sometimes you really get used to it. You know, you go through your Friday classes, right? And if, you, if you've got a class schedule like me, I go in at 11 and I'm done at 2. So I, I pretty much got like a big gap in the beginning of the day. And then the end of the day, I really got a wide open range. So, you know, a lot of guys, some guys go in and get some extra stretching in, you know, uh, maybe go to the rink, shoot some pucks. What I like to do is I really like to make sure that all my stuff is done for the entire weekend because after that midnight game, I'm not waking up till... 5 p.m. Saturday for the next midnight game and looking forward just to head to the rink and go there. And then, you know, your Sunday's pretty much wash after that. So thankfully, we don't uh, if we don't have practice on Mondays. Every guy definitely has their own routine. You know, it's just a lot of time that you got to fill. But we're at the rink at 945. And, and you know, once we're there, it's it's like we were there at five o'clock. You know, it's we're ready to go. And in return, like you mentioned, after that game, I'm assuming you're getting home four, four thirty in the morning, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's not uncommon that, you know, when you get there, you know, you're a little tired and then by the second period it's, you know, one o'clock and you're you're kind of getting that adrenaline going again and it's impressive too because the crowd will stay there right with you to the very end and you know they're not leaving just the same time as you are um so it's not uncommon that you know you might stay up till seven and seven in the morning when the sun comes up and then try try and find your way to bed there's definitely a a time warp in your week for sure 
and I'm assuming like after after a big weekend sweep, like the boys are staying up until sunrise and like most places are getting late night food like pizza and wings and you guys are just getting breakfast once the night's over, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean I, I remember my freshman year after my uh my first midnight game, we were staying up and we were at, you know, when we used to have a hockey house, we were staying there. Everyone's like, you know, sun came up and we walked to Speedway and just got those pre-made breakfast sandwiches and you know it was a really long night and it, it honestly it was probably one of the best meals i'd had in a while in college at that, at that moment but uh that's unreal walk us through your, your freshman year what were some places where you got to travel um that you weren't accustomed to i know we're so blessed in the northeast that like we mentioned the, the most weekends you're just traveling two hours for a game and whatnot but i mean other than louisville like who what other teams are you guys playing in that area that are close and then were there long road trips that you guys had to do those first couple of years yeah so so it kind of switched up from my freshman year to now because my freshman year we were more of an independent team you know we were kind of just playing who wanted to play us we didn't have a league that really you know fit us well um we were trying to break into some other leagues so we we kind of went out to some tournaments over in virginia that was a really fun time you know that was a really long one that was definitely the farthest we had to go after that it's you know indiana just mostly in ohio cincinnati columbus you know now moving towards our my now senior year and junior year are in the TSCHL, the Tri-State Collegiate Hockey League. So, you know, the farthest we have to go is Ann Arbor if we were to play in conference. But, you know, last year we did go out to NC State and play them. So it, it really comes down to we'll play anybody. You know, we really don't have a problem with that. Um, I mean, I really wish we got to go up to the Northeast sometime, you know, play. You know, we were playing Merrimack this year, but they're coming here. And uh, we were supposed to play UMass Lowell, but they were all supposed to come here. It's, we don't, we kind of stay in this, you know, Southeast, Midwest area. Talk a little bit about the TSCHL. I feel like that's a pretty competitive league when you when you put it up against the the best leagues in ACHA Division Two. I mean, really competitive. That you guys, Ohio State, uh, Miami of Ohio. What's it like playing in a really competitive conference like that? Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting dynamic because you have the schools like us and Louisville uh, and even Dayton that that don't have you know and uh, fielding NCAA Division One teams, right? So. All of our time and effort is in those teams, uh, even Indiana too, absolutely incredible program. But then you look at those Ohio States, Miami, Ohio's, you know, we just played Miami, Ohio this weekend and uh, we got swept. Like you said, it's it's really competitive. You know, there's a lot of guys in here that have played juniors, have junior experience or played in those really large geographic high school regions like over in uh, Illinois and the Chicago area. So there's a lot of times where, where, you know, you have freshman players that'll come in and you know see you know where they have been and then they don't expect it to be good because you know they they just take in that stereotype and then you know you got some kid that's 6'2 185 pure muscle from the null that's over at bgsu or something it just absolutely steamrolls you know it's it's pretty pretty competitive for sure we kind of skimmed over it a little bit talk about your sophomore year i know you know being friends with colby that you guys were really prepping to kind of just pull the trigger on the season at any moment and it kind of just never came what was that like kind of going to the rink every week and just being like everything everything being up in the air and just waiting for games to pop up on the schedule that never came yeah i mean you know that entire year it was a constant fight with the school and, and you know we weren't going through anything that was different from anyone else you know there were plenty of people that were having the same struggles we were you know trying to field games kind of go out and play i think it was just the want to be there that really kept us all you know keeping forward and showing up to those practices you know after a while it can get a little old saying what are we practicing for we only get four years of this right so i mean stepping out of that ice as competitive as you can be with all the boys it's just go do it it's just, what else are you gonna do out here 
And so after your sophomore year, everything's going back to normal. You guys released three amazing sets of uniforms. You've got the matching gloves, helmets, and everything now. I want to know of the the black, the white, and the grays, what is your favorite one to rock? It was funny when those first came out because I remember you were saying that, uh, you know, if we had the gray helmets and whatnot, we we would have three perfect unis. And then, uh, you know, we toyed around with different combos and thankfully we put it all together, but easily the black. I think the all black is just iconic. You know, I, I there's not many like UK jerseys that do that in like the regular season, so to speak. But, the, you know, that year coming back to when we released those jerseys was amazing because, you know, that was a year where everyone was really deprived of a lot. Our crowds every weekend were chock full. It was insane. And that was a a really awesome thing to come back to after not playing a game at all for an entire year. Talking about like the the other sports on campus, I know football, basketball, and then the next highest attended team is is men's ice hockey because you guys are just packing the place every night. How cool is that? Like a lot of people, when they think of University of Kentucky, they probably don't think of hockey, but you guys are right up there with some of the most popular teams on campus. When you tell people that, it's they always put a smile on their face because, I mean, it, it's crazy to think about. I mean, you look at Kentucky football and basketball, just two iconic programs. Uh, you know, you get the most winningest program in history and just one that's just, you know, the SEC football, right? The fact that we get to, you know, kind of say that we're up there with them is really awesome. And like I said, too, you know, I never really thought that I would have the opportunity to represent a school as big as this you know, even on, on the scale that I have been able to, it's just really awesome to, to, you know, see that I've been able to do that. We get treated really, really well here. We get a lot of cool stuff. I mean, they got this awesome CCM polo on, you know, it's cool. You have some interactions with the bar, you know, it, you see people in the street, you know, people really take to it. You know, we, we ended our NC State game in a tie and I was at Lululemon and one of the guys that worked there just absolutely gave me an earful because he said he didn't pay to go for a tie. I was like, I'm sorry. I, I don't I don't know what to do. I'm not the ref. <laughs> you're just trying to get the Lulu gear and uh, yes, you're getting seriously. a hard time. That's awesome. Well, that, I mean, that's amazing that you can go to a place in your free time and like people are recognize you as, as a UK hockey player. Uh, as good as the hockey is in the Northeast, like if you were on the UNH ACHA team, you'd be playing at the same level and people wouldn't even recognize you at Durham House of Pizza. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It, that that's that's what's insane. And, and that's what's so unique about playing here. And, and, you know, that's what makes our teams so competitive year in, year out is because so many more people are starting to realize that it's really special to be a part of this program because, you know, sometimes it, it is a lot bigger than you. And what's that like been like? Because I think a couple of teams have gone through that in recent years, like the recruiting classes every year seem to be getting tougher and tougher like it's more guys that are aging out more guys playing in the null um have you seen that in your time at kentucky oh yeah absolutely um i think this year we brought one kid from the null and we had some kids from ncdc a lot of like usp kids and uh just overall juniors players in general what's interesting to see is the time frame of an acha player you know i i tend to see that it's a lot less than than most other college athletes because you know it's you know it's a pretty rugged league to play and it's a lot in your body so every year it's really interesting to see you know who comes in and who stays and 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 how they develop but uh um yeah every class every year here is at uk is at least 25 kids probably it's insane kind of walk us through the, the the teammates in the locker room here like at midnight who's getting the guys riled up in the locker room who's Who's like the character that get that gets everyone going on on a Friday and Saturday night? 
everyone definitely blends well. I mean, th this freshman class that we have in particular is, is just a really awesome group of guys too. You know, they're, they're all so funny. They all have different personalities. I gotta say, I, I really, really hate to shout them out on here, but there's this kid named, uh, Dan Cordapella. He's from Philadelphia and he, and he's usually got the ox and you'll always hear that kid in the locker room. That's for sure. You know, you'll always know where he is. <laughs> And uh, in terms of the guys, like you mentioned, how different the culture is down there. I'm sure you never imagined going to college and going to an SEC football game. What are some of the activities that the guys like to do in their free time when you guys aren't, you know, staying up until four in the morning playing hockey? It's always tough because a lot of time, you know, we have games in the same time they do. When we go and, you know, there's there's three streets here. There's like University Avenue, State Street and Waller Avenue and that's where kind of like the other houses are where people kind of go and hang out in those streets where you kind of like bounce around and see everyone. We go there, we kind of have fun and we see everyone and we talk, but you know, there's not like much we can do, but on off weekend, uh, trying to go to those football games, we like to capitalize on that. I mean, we had the first home opener football game off and I think we had damn near the whole team there. So we, we like to try to utilize that time together for sure. That game day culture here is unreal. There's plenty to do for sure. And kind of heading into this year, um, I know you guys are pretty well into it at this point, uh, played a decent amount of home games. What's the goal uh, moving forward with the team? I know Kentucky's a team that's kind of been in the spotlight because of you know the publicity you guys get for the crowds and, and everything. Moving forward, like where do you see this program going this year and then for years to come after you're gone? The goal this year, obviously, is nationals. You know, we are putting a couple pieces together right now that are are close to making us a really, really good team, and it's really, really awesome to see. You know, we have a lot of depth on our team. We got a lot of guys that are willing to fill in that next man up role. And that's awesome for the now. Um, but for the future, it's, you know, keeping that publicity up and, you know, keeping that attention to the games and, you know, drawing in those players. Because, you know, like I said, the hockey community here is not that big, right? You know, there's not a lot of in-house recruiting that you can do in Lexington, Kentucky. So it all comes from out of state. You know, that, that publicity is huge for us. And if we can come in each year with that publicity and, you know, field better and better teams, you know, that, that just helps in the long run for sure. We definitely want to make a jump to D1, I would imagine. ACHA D1, obviously, first. I, I think we're on good track to keep moving forward. Yeah, I think especially uh, bringing up the D1 point, especially teams like Oregon, I would kind of put you guys in that same category. Maybe ge geographically, there's not too many teams near you. Oregon, San Diego State, you know, big name brands, at least in, in college sports, making the jump and, and kind of seeing how they do. I could see Kentucky. I could also see NC State as well. Louisville being in that group of just big name college brands to make the jump to uh Men's Division One ACHA. The whole point of this podcast is to kind of bring awareness uh, for the ACHA. As a guy who grew up probably not knowing any, I mean, we we were just watching Hockey East and ECAC <laughs> yeah. hockey. Like, what do, what do you have to say, especially as a guy who played juniors, about the process of kind of getting in to the ACHA? And now that you are a part of the ACHA, what would you kind of tell a kid in your position playing high school hockey right now? Yeah, I mean, don't don't count it out. I mean, if if anyone ever thought about doing that, I mean, I definitely would really think again. I mean, there is opportunity here and there's not many places where you can go to a big school and have just as much fun than if you were to play D3 hockey and, you know, keep up that competitiveness and practice, you know, every day of the week if you want. I would say if you're going to go play in the ACHA, look at the school first. The beauty of it is is that if there's something at your school that you don't like about it, you can change it in the ACHA, which is just if you're an NCAA athlete, you know, that that's not going to happen internally, but you have the opportunity to do that, which is 
unlike any other. Yeah, I think the 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 blueprint you get hand, you're literally holding it in the ACHA. If you want to change the culture, it's there. If you want to change the third jerseys, it's there. If you want to get yeah. Bauer equipment and not CC equipment, CCM equipment, <laughs> it's there. Um, and it's there for the taking. Burke, I appreciate you hopping on tonight on, on such short notice. Uh, a little quick mini interview here for the folks who, <laughs> who are tuning in every week. Uh, we'll have to get you and, and a buddy on down the road and, and get some more an update on UK hockey. And hopefully we'll see you guys at nationals and we wish you guys the best of luck this year yeah no i appreciate it thanks for having me uh i'll come back anytime once again thank you to burke for joining us this week before we cut to the break we talk about is is kentucky good or is just their media team good i think that's the power of the acha is it doesn't matter what the on ice quality is if you're selling your program on social media like so many of these programs do the the wins will eventually come i think maybe we, we talked about it a little bit with burke uh, but they're trying to get to nationals. I think they've been in the spotlight for so long. They get the good crowds. They have the awesome photos, the videos. It's phenomenal for them to recruit with all these tools. But as Burke mentioned, like they're trying to get to nationals. They have something to prove this year. They want to get over that hump. We're looking forward to watching the Wildcats the rest of the way. Herm, who's calling their shot this week? We got. It looks like we have one, right? We do have one this week. I have to go back into the notes and pull it up. Give me one sec. Igor Komyakov from Weber State University, who says Weber State will win this year. Doing strong right now and really hard to stop that machine. Great group of people and hungry for that cup. Hey, I'm all for the teams with the football stripes down the front of their helmet. Fitzy knows that, especially the purple ones that Weber State has. So uh, I, I think the ACHA is better when Weber State is rolling. So I'm here for that. Games to watch. Let's let's get it. Oh, no. Sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. Jeez, jumping around the notes this week. ACHA burgers, blowout of the week. Glick is not here. We haven't even mentioned this. 29 save shutout for Glick on Friday night. Snaps for Glick. 29 save shutout for the ACHA Burger Man. Uh, they got the split with Duquesne this weekend, and uh, he's grinding on midterms right now, so he's unavailable to join us tonight. He got a 29 save shutout. Huge, huge snaps for Glick there. But the ACHA blowout of the week at the men's Division One level. Wow, Herm, really going above and beyond here. We got the burger blowouts for every level here. Let's get rolling. ACHA Division One Minot beat Midland eleven to two, and then the next day turn around beat them fourteen to one. So, uh, who is our friend on Facebook? Garrett Robinson. He wasn't kidding when he said that uh, they want to do to UNLV what they did to Midland last weekend. Uh, the Beavers are on a roll as of lately. ACHA Division Two CSU Northridge beat Cal Lutheran eighteen to nothing. Yikes! That one's a big one. Hope College, they slammed the door on Dort, fourteen to nothing. Herm, did we end up giving this the honorable mention? We did, we did. So the first game was really close. I think it was a two goal game, and then Hope came out the second game and curb stomped them, which is nuts because you'll see another mention for Hope College a little bit later in the notes. And it's kind of prompted by performances like this. Yeah, I want to give a shout out. I was looking through the photos from uh, this game. Uh, Christian Banks, friend of the podcast. Uh, he's making the trip up to Syracuse this week uh, for, I believe it's his uh, internship or grad school. I, I, I can't remember which one it was, but I'm going to meet up with him uh, once he gets settled in. And hopefully we can get him out to a Syracuse game and, and get him shooting another hockey team that wears orange and navy. But yeah, uh, and then in the women's level, Colorado State beat Montana State 15-2. to And then in women's division two, Maryland uh, beat up on Virginia 15-3. to In the CHF, Bishops University 
The boys are rolling. They beat University at Albany 15-3. to uh, Three games played, three Ws for Bishops. 34 goals. That's good enough for first in the UNYCHL. And then uh, another CHF one, Tampa's D3 team beat Florida's D3 team 14-1. to So plenty of goals in the ACHA Burgers Blowout of the Week. Plenty of games to watch. Like every week, we try to find the best games in the ACHA and the CHF so that when you are bored on a Friday night or Saturday night, when you're going on the bus, you got plenty of games to stream on your phone, whether it be on YouTube, Hockey TV, Black Dog, Ohio Hockey Network, whatever stream you're looking for. Herm, am I missing any of the streaming services we got? What, who who else deserves a shout out? I have no idea. Presto, Live Barn. Well, one, two, three streams. Whatever you're streaming on this weekend, be sure to check it out. The number 10, Jamestown Jimmies. They moved up from 11 to 10 this week. They are hosting NCAA Concordia College, Moorhead at the Moorhead Sports Center. More ACHA versus NCAA action. It's that time of year. We have number nine, Maryville. They are facing off against number seven, Ohio University at the Maryland University Hockey Center. It is the CSCHL back in action in Herm. It is deer night, and I think you got an answer for this, right? Yeah, I'm going to try and go back and see if I can get their exact response. They're having everyone dress in camo, and they're doing a koozie giveaway at the game. I don't think I've ever seen this promotion at a hockey game before. I'm so excited if Will Bramlett is going to be at the game to see fan photos from this. Or, yeah, I guess, invisible fans because they're going to be in camo, so I, I won't see them. Yeah, I, I, I just hope uh, the Bobcats show up to play on Friday night. I wouldn't want them looking like a deer in headlights out there. <laughs> Continuing on, Friday night, uh, number 11, University of Pittsburgh. They are playing host to number 13, Niagara, top-tier ESCHL matchup. Pitt's been rolling in the Eshel so far this year, and Niagara is looking to play their first Eshel game. So certainly one to watch out for. Two new teams in the ESCHL facing off against one another. Uh, Friday night, Oswego is hosting IUP. I'm sticking with the Friday games. University of New Mexico is hosting Air Force in men's Division Three ACHA action. Huge rivalry game out there at the Outpost Ice Arena. And then on Saturday, more ACHA versus NCAA action. Chatham University is facing off against John Carroll. John Carroll looking to keep the momentum going from the teams that played ACHA NCAA matchups this past weekend. Friday night in the CHF, the University of Tennessee is going to take on UGA. I'm I'm guessing that's going to be a tough one for Tennessee here. The week that those guys had following the Bama win, I, I don't know if you got my social media I mean, I logged on and I just was like hit with a tidal wave of Tennessee volunteer content, like absolutely bananas watching thousands of people knock down a goalpost and then carry it out of the stadium into the river. They sh- That should be an Olympic sport. They should get SEC fans on either side of the stadium and it's the first one to knock down the goalpost and get it in the river. That should be an SEC championship in itself right there. So maybe I- I'm sure the hockey boys if they weren't playing last weekend, we're, we're helping get those goalposts in the river. Uh, but in Friday night, more Division One action. Number 22, Calvin University 
University taking on Purdue University Northwest. Northwest has been pretty hot to start the year in men's Division One action, and Calvin's got a lot of momentum. Like I said, they're they're jumping up in the polls here at number twenty-two, so this should be a good one. And then in ACHA Division Three action, Saginaw Valley State hosting Hope College. Two undefeated teams, and that Saginaw Valley State crowd is huge. They get buzzing on Friday and Saturday nights, and they pack the barn. Looking forward to this matchup. Um, And then Thursday night, we will have aired by the time this one happens, but number 16, Michigan-Dearborn versus number 20, uh, University of Arizona. This one's being played in Dearborn. Wanted to give some love to the boys at Indiana Tech. They are facing off against Aquinas. Top 15 matchup. And uh, we just hope the boys from Indiana Tech get a lot of content this weekend. That's all I have to say. Uh, hopefully there's there's some some dangles, some snipes, and some sallies that we can post about. I highly encourage everyone who's looking at the notes right now, so just the two of us, to go on Aquinas's Instagram page. Because I don't think I've seen another team do this hallway sally post one period or two as well as Aquinas does it after every single win. This is better than a game day graphic. This is better than a post game graphic. They get creative every single time for it. And it's incredible. My question is what happens when they win on the road? Are these, ta- are they taking these photos when they get back to the rink? I, this is electric. I, I don't know how I, I haven't seen this yet. If they win, we got to post this this weekend. I mean, this is this is grade A content. Just guys being dudes. Stuff you love to see. In women's ACHA action on Friday night, URI is taking on NCAA Salve Regina. So more ACHA NCAA action. It's going to be pink the rink for URI as well. So be sure to check it out. And the game of the week, University of Mary. It's homecoming weekend. They are facing off against Lindenwood uh, at Starian Sports Complex. Tough, tough to go against you, Mary, on home ice, right? Herm, what are you thinking this week? I'm going with you, Mary, on this. I really like Kyle Hayden and Nett. I really, really like the you, Mary crowd that they're going to bring for homecoming night. You, Mary, by three. Lindenwood, they're hot, though. Six and one to start the year. Uh, they got wins over Concordia, Trine. Oh, Florida Gulf Coast. Right. They played them last weekend. So they're off to a good start. Fitz, what are you thinking for this one? I'm thinking Lindenwood plays spoiler for the uh, the homecoming weekend. Um, I think it's going to be a much closer game. Um, I'll go Lindenwood by one. All right. Yeah. Homecoming weekend changes it. I mean, that this place is rocking every night of the year, and I'm sure it's going to be buzzing on homecoming as well. Um, you, Mary, also off to a really good start. 10-0. and 0. I mean, they, they beat Waldorf. They beat Marion. Minnesota, Liberty, Minnesota, Minnesota, NC State. I don't know. I think this is a tough test. I think I think that you, Mary, gets the win on Friday night. That's who I'm going to go with. Not going to bet against the Marauders. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Lindenwood get the split on the Saturday, but I think there's just too much. I think you, Mary, plays so well on home ice. You could chop off your hand, and you would still have enough fingers to count the times Mary has lost on home ice in the last couple of years against Division II opponents. So, Uh, I'm sticking with the Marauders. Uh, That's the game of the week. That brings us to the question of the week, courtesy of Herm. What is the best hockey stick you've ever had? Now, I got to think about this one for a second. I saw this one earlier in the text exchange. Fitz, is there a stick that, that stands out to you? Oh, absolutely. The old silver synergy with the Madonna curve. That was one of my, my OG sticks. 
Well, I have a stick. I never had one of these, but I've never been a huge stick guy. Like I was a kid, like if I got one for Christmas, that was great. But like there's two types of hockey players. There's a hockey player who knows every speck of the stick. They can pick one up in a pro shop, know they don't like it or not. And then there's guys like me who, if it fits, like, yeah, it might feel weird the first practice, but I'll get used to it and I'll just play with this stick. I've never been a really big stick guy. One stick I always wanted, I don't think I ever got to use it, was the, but the the Marty St. Louis yellow synergy. Like that thing was iconic. I know Herm's having some sound issues right now. If he could chime in about Marty St. Louis, I'm sure he would in the iconic moments he had as a Ranger. That's one that sticks out to me. I'm really like more Ranger talk. I'm using a Keandre Miller Pro Stock stick right now. That's working pretty well for me. So big fan of Pro stock hockey that's where i get my sticks thinking of curve like what what kind of curve do you rock with i've always been a uh stamkos pm9 guy using bowers but bowers started phasing that out so and then our our league is war, all warrior sticks so the wo1 uh for warrior like they're the alpha lxt sticks that's like the pm9 equivalent so i'm like a super super straight curve people think i'm nuts for playing with it but that's that's my thing well, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm like a P88 guy. That's usually what I try to get. You know, the big curve. That way, I like to be able to drag the puck with the toe. The one I, the the Keandre Miller stick that I'm using right now is pretty hooked at the end of it. Um, so it kind of cups the puck when I when I when I hold on to it. But that's my input. Well, we're, that's enough. That's our show for the week. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Hockey House. We really appreciate it. Any highlights? clips thoughts from the weekend be sure to send them our way and, and we'll be sure to feature them on the page or talk about it on next week's pod uh fitzy best of luck to you this weekend oh i didn't even mention it we have the most acha thing happening this weekend at syracuse and i didn't even i didn't even mention it bonus content for the show before we wrap it up uh the drexel boys will appreciate this two weekends ago we hosted drexel we come out for the start of the third period intermission is delayed the scoreboard won't turn on we have the oldest scoreboard in the league here in syracuse it's been here since the rink was built in the early 2000s it just didn't turn on for the third period they had to bring a like youth soccer score clock and put it up in the press box so that we could have the score for the third period no sound system no music no scoreboard just this little tiny clock up in the press box. And that's how we played the third period in overtime. I, I, you, I, I sent you the photo fits, right? You guys, you guys saw it in the chat. They got the scoreboard going for Saturday's game and it's all good. The new scoreboard is on their way though. They know the lifespan of the score was dead. So dead that they actually took it down earlier this week. I'm sure uh, Coach Timmons and Coach Alhart are listening to this laughing right now, but the plan is being put in place to use TVs in the press box to project the score on a clock if the soccer scoreboard won't work. It is it is bananas, but we have a home-and-home home with Buffalo, so we're going to go to Buffalo Friday night, and then hopefully by Saturday. They said there's a small chance that the new scoreboard is installed in time. Backup precautions are being put into place in case we have to go old-time hockey style, but only in the ACHA can you get something like that, Fitz. That's crazy. I don't think I've ever heard anything anything like that. That that one's that one's pretty good. We we got the best lighting in the league. The ice has been really great. We just they, they they're having trouble figuring out the scoreboard at this point. But uh yeah, looking forward to an exciting weekend in Syracuse. Fitz, we wish you nothing but the best of luck this weekend with the boys. Go Bulls, right? Go Bulls. Go Bulls, baby. Go Bulls, baby. Well, no, not go Bulls because it's Cuse versus the Buffalo Bulls this weekend. But oh, go Birmingham. Okay. Go Birmingham. Herm is so confused. He's seen <laughs> he's seen the hand gestures right now. That means it's time to wrap it up. Once again, thank you for listening this week, and we'll catch you guys on the other end next week. See you, boys.